Hello, welcome to Podcasting as Praxis. We are back, episode 10, and it's more news. I'm sorry. We're all sorry. It has been more Brexit shit again. I'm sorry, but there could be something good on the other end of it, so let's just hope that's what happens. Um, but we'll have a look at that tonight. I'm David. I am with Ben. Hello. With James. Hello. And with the other James. Hello. God. I was hoping we so both glad that say actually hello worked at the, same out the time first time. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you both knew which James he was referring to in each call. <laughs> now I was hoping that oh, we both just say hello at the same time and make it even more complicated. You've saved me so much editing time there, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, so I think we'll just we'll get diving right into it, shall we? So, the news this week. Um, who would like to take the first section of the news? I might as well go first. Um, so, Northern Ireland has been entertaining. Um, the As probably most people know, there's no... Uh, leadership in Northern Ireland at this point, because no one can agree on anything, as normal. Um, there was a recall to try and uh, avoid the UK Parliament imposing a legalised abortion, and half of them walked out and no one could agree on anything. So abortion is now legal in Northern Ireland, I think, more or less, sort of. Not so much legal, it's decriminalised, which is you know de facto legal, but not de jour. Um, so it still remains to be seen how that's going to actually work out and affect people on the ground. Um, but either way, the fact it's been decriminalised is both cool and good. Um, so yeah, we'll need to see about that um, and see how that kind of does get factored in to the framework in Northern Ireland, really, because the abortion side of things is, is going to be where that's messes. Gay marriage should kind of sort itself out in some way, to some degree, if it's, if it's been decriminalised. But um, the abortion one's obviously a bit more sticky. If anything, it really means that people won't be prosecuted for going across the, the water for an abortion. Um, how how yeah, does that good. work with the marriage, though? Because surely either they, they conduct the ceremonies or they don't, you know? Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I'm not entirely sure how it's going to work. I, think it's, I don't think it's going to have exactly the same protections that it does in the UK. Um, but it's not going to be in the same kind of state as it was, you know. So it, you won't be fucking arrested for for shaking a, a gay marriage, but at the same time, it also means that you might not have um, people willing to perform it, and there's possibly not much recourse against it. It'll probably be the case where it'll have to go to a, a court case to actually settle it, whether or not people can refuse to perform the ceremonies. I don't really know. It's it's all early early days type stuff, but it's still, as, as a first step, it's good, even though it wasn't actually taken on with Stormont in any way, shape or form. Sorry, what I'm curious about is, currently, as I understand it, same-sex marriages performed outside of Northern Ireland are recognised as civil partnerships in Northern Ireland. So, with it being decoded, would, would that imply that they could be recognised as just marriages? Um, if they are recognised as marriages in the UK, then I think so. Um, they don't just get kind of downgraded when you go home. Um, <laughs> I mean, they do. They, they did until at least until last week. Last week, they did. Yeah, like, that's I, what like I say, I'm I'm really not sure how it's going to work out practically. Um, but either way, you know, it's it's 
step whatever, forward. Whatever way it's going, it's yeah, it's still it steps forward. Um, so that's something at least. Closer to home. Closer to home, indeed. Um, we've got. Um, yes, I don't know how to describe this aside from just like extremely ironic. Um, the phrase tangible schadenfreude has been thrown around um, with the <laughs> special Brexit 50p coins, um, which were minted and prepared to be put into circulation on the 31st of October. And now it's looking like we are not going to be leaving on the 31st of October. To, to be fair to them, they refuse to say if they've been minted yet or not, which... <laughs> I don't know I if that's any possibly better. possibly confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> it is very much, you know, asking a toddler if, they're, if they've shit the, their pants and them going, no. <laughs> Aren't they claiming it's commercially sensitive, which, how yeah. is the minting of coins ever commercially sensitive? What the hell? I think it's it's commercially sensitive in the same way that if you say the wrong words, the free market reacts, because people collect these coins and they have like mad amounts of money placed on them, um, and whether or not they say yes, not even if they've been minted, but if they, if they had been minted, how many have been minted, um, that would cause people to start kind of scrambling for them. So it, it's a bullshit so. excuse. But it's the excuse they're going to go with if you were really to press them, I'm sure. I just... I don't understand commemorative coins, okay? I'm just going to put this out there. I know the UK loves them. I just don't get it. It's a coin. The UK is such a, a painfully boring country. Like, chronically fucking boring. To the point where I'm fairly certain that stamp collecting originated in this country. Coin collection <laughs> is just a different form of the same fucking thing. Like I don't remember where I read it, and it was quite some time ago, but I think most of the other countries' stamps that stamp collectors collect are made or designed in the UK. I don't think I've ever even interacted with a stamp, and I'm nearly 30. I've only done it for, like, work. That's it. Really? Although, actually, no, I lie because uh, I have this thing of like whenever I like I've had to like buy stamps whenever I'm sending like just letters like student loan applications off and stuff like that. And I, what I tend to do is like buy packs of stamps, so like six packs, like six stamps, and then not for use collecting. Them for a year. Oh, I, I wish. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a collection. But uh, like I'd buy up like several stamps, thinking oh, I'll use all of these, and then forget about them, and then just find like a pack of stamps. Be like, why did I buy these? I don't know what I was doing. But um, yeah, it's it's probably like the most inconsequential thing on the earth, as uh, like stamp. And uh, of it's... course, Great Britain would be the like you know, of course, England would be the country that like turns it into a hobby to collect literally the most inconsequential thing. On the face of the earth, I, I, I see where you're. You know, you 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 lose the stamps, you go in, you but you you buy in a whole other packet. Are you really doing it out of some sort of? I might as well because I definitely will use them. Or is this the kind of like the same kind of embarrassment that you would actually have well up in you if you were a smoker 
<laughs> somewhere and said, can I just buy one fag, please? I just need the one now. Like, no, you'd buy a pack. <laughs> I'm the sort of person who's going to post many letters. I need a whole pack. I think it's more just like you go into a post office and it's like, can you I get a stamp, please? And they'll be like, yeah, it's, you know, we've got a pack. We've got like a pack here of six. But I, I say pack, it's literally just like a, like, it looks like one of those, like, like uh, matches, like this pack of matches from, like, bad yeah, movies. Yeah. Uh, bad movies. I don't know. Uh, you know, the very Hollywood pack of matches. There we go. Um, I think it's like <laughs> that I've got. It's a folded over piece of card. Yeah. Quickly going back to the coins. I know everybody's enjoying stamp chat, but <laughs> just just very quickly back to the coins. I, I mean, obviously the reason they don't want to say if they've you know minted them already or not is because they've now got a batch that's say um, October for the thirty first, and those are all sitting in a pile next to the March issued fifty um, <laughs> p commemorative coins and the. I wonder if they get smelt back, like melted down and then recast, or if it's just like a bunch of piles that will never see the light of day, except for, I, I assume, when Boris Johnson dives off a diving board into them. Yeah, I was going to say, I... like, speaking of stupid uh, hobbies, enough Tories probably do have, like, the, uh, the Scrooge McDuck diving as a hobby, <laughs> so, like, they just look at that pile of useless coins and say, that's oh, fine, whatever. I mean, one thing I will say is um, I'm surprised that they went with the date of leaving, which is, you know, that's that's it's a recipe for disaster when they could have just went with whatever date it was that uh, that the referendum was held on. Uh, the one that... Uh, the, that's the such a better solution. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just, like, the worst part, like, it just seems so obvious to do that. What was How the are they for? so bad at this? <laughs> My dudes, have you ever heard of a man called Dominic Cummings? <laughs> Regretfully. <laughs> I wish I hadn't. I can't believe they just didn't do the referendum date. What a bunch of idiots. It's an absolute fucking own goal, isn't it? It's brilliant. But then again, everything that these people touch is a fucking own goal. 23rd of June. There you go. <sighs> oh my god. And then, do you know what? They could have print. They could have minted those in advance, and and one side would have been happy, mm-hmm. regardless of the outcome. If they just had the date on it and their bullshit, peace, prosperity, and friendship with all nations, because that works either way. I mean, it doesn't really work with leave, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's 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 the usual fucking Tory hubris pish, isn't it? They, they're so certain of themselves, and if they just state facts hard enough, they become facts. Mm. It's also just like. A complete lack of, of mental equity, just like complete lack of intelligence. Because like I thought of that up just that wasn't like that wasn't a pre-prepared own to be like, oh, I'm gonna own the Tories about how stupid. Like that just came to mind, and it's all like that same kind of lack of intelligence is just reflected by the uh, the coin itself, which I'm finally looking at now for the first time. Like it just it just has the words peace, prosperity, blah blah blah, like coins like the thing about a coin is that you can put like cool designs on them like i've got a 5p here which looks really cool like usually when you think of a, of a special coin a commemorative coin you put like really nice art on it and then you've got this one which is just i was just write some words on it 
no art, no fucking, no, no artistic merit to this coin. It's just the fucking, it's just some writing. It's 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 dog shit. It's awful. Bet you when it bet you when it comes out, it's the font is Comic Sans as well. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like the standard coins that they did, the ones that make a shield. If you put them all together, they actually did something yeah, yeah, different. Yeah, quite for nice. Us. They should have at least went with like 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 with windings or something, so that they can say like, no, it does it does say the thirty first of it does say the day that we left. <laughs> so that's uh, that's some that's some money shit. What else has happened um, with uh, more, more money, money shit? That's terrible. <laughs> more 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 terrible management and money shit. Um, we work, uh, which is for those not in the in the professional know, is a company that is essentially a professional landlord for other companies. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 landlords all the way down. I they, just I just can't get over the idea of a professional landlord. <laughs> I mean, you know, I assume someone there wears a suit. Um, anyway, but basically, what they do is they buy or lease for very long-term buildings or offices or whatever, then release them to other people um, to work in. Um, The company has been unsuccessful over the past couple of years, and this is despite them being the largest private sector tenant in both London (laughs) and New York. And it rents space to businesses, varying from single freelancers to corporations such as HSBC. You'd fucking think HSBC have enough money to buy their own fucking buildings, but apparently not. Um, Imagine actually being a landlord, the biggest fucking landlord there is, and fucking it up. (laughs) It's it's free money. Okay, do you know, I I, I think I know why they fucked it up. It's because... The people running it are just fucking incompetent. So no. the reason the reason that we work is in the news and the fact that they're doing really badly is because they've paid the one of the co-founders, the CEO or whatever, one point seven billion in cash no. and sort of um fuck what's what I'm looking for here? It's about a billion dollars cash and then a five hundred million sort of credit line that's a credit line or bullshit like that um, to quit because he was bad at his job because the company was losing money and then the <laughs> bank I think the Japanese bank who's one of the biggest shareholders is gonna take over the running of the company they've done this while um, threatening to well they've not done it yet because there's no reorganization going but they've said they might fire about 2,000 employees so they're firing two thousand people, but paying this motherfucker a billion dollars. The first saving that you can ever make is in labor costs. We've seen it fucking time and time again. If you cut down on labor costs, it's quick, it's easy, and no one outside the company has to know about it. You can cut Except down on labor costs if you fire off. the fucking CEO and not pay him a billion fucking dollars. It's called a restructuring. Okay. <laughs> If you were to do that, then what possible confidence could your shareholders have that you're a successful company? But you're not. You've fired 2,000 employees and shrunk. 
it's a cost-saving measure. Anyway, the I'd, I'd just like to read out this bit of one of the articles about this, just because I thought it was fucking great and a good example of why the company isn't making money. So, mm-hmm. the firm takes long-term leases on office buildings, then adds the WeWork aesthetic, such as beer taps <laughs> on each floor, skateboard ramps, communal areas, a jungle of potted plants, and a party atmosphere. <laughs> now, I don't know if a party atmosphere is what you want at work. I'm all for making work, you know, nice and enjoyable for people to come to work. But, uh, maybe skateboard ramps, not appropriate. I'm, 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 not a, I'm not a billion dollar CEO, but I'm just going to throw out that idea. That's why you're not a billion dollar CEO. I mean, can you imagine an Amazon warehouse with everyone on skateboards? <laughs> and just massive half pipes up the side to get boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, somewhere Jeff Bezos just had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, if you do this, then we want our royalties. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like they have any health and safety concerns, so I don't see what's stopping no. them. It'll make the employees go faster. <laughs> it's whether or not they can put those uh, robot cages, you know, for the workers to be in. Put them on wheels. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's days when if I'm the only one in the warehouse, I stick on loud music. That's about as close as I ever get to a party atmosphere. If if you stick those robots on skateboards, is is that not just a car, like a, like a Flintstones car? I'll give you that, but still a car. <laughs> well, no, because remember the, the cages were to put workers in, not the robots. No, no, I know the the cage <laughs> is the robot to trap the employee, but then it is essentially a Flintstones car. Yabba dabba do, I'm exploiting you. Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> Episode title done. <laughs> oh, oh, we work. We watch just something else, isn't it? Um, anything else in the, the wonderful world of business? I have more shitty corporation news oh, for no. you. <laughs> what a surprise! Imagine my shock. <laughs> there is a chain restaurant. It sells chicken i think i don't know they're not really a thing in the uk and the us is a fucking hellhole it's called chick-fil-a um they've opened a store in reading and were immediately protested by various lgbt groups because chick-fil-a is owned by some super conservative christian dude who has funded gay conversion therapies and all that kind of you know really really awful Mike Pence bullshit um, and within a week of the place opening the mall it's in has said we're not renewing their lease past the initial trial period um, and the and Chick-fil-A went that's fine the store was never meant to last past the trial period which is something you do open a restaurant for six months and then close it that you know oh yeah totally I'm, I'm, totally I'm actually laughing it's fine that's the equivalent of that. It's cool. I, I mean, look, none of us are CEOs. None of us have been paid a billion dollars to fuck up. For all we know, the guy in charge is getting a billion dollars and retiring. And for him, this was wildly successful. I love, being body, sla- I love being body slammed by uh, 12 perfectly shaped pride movements. 
It's fine. <laughs> now there's a sentence. That takes all a whole nother connotation in the, in the context, you know. <laughs> I, I don't really know what else to say about this Chick Fil A stuff, just because I mean, good. The only thing I've heard about them is just good. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, no maybe they that. just like maybe they just thought um, in their backwards Christian ways that they thought that after six months in the United Kingdom. Every day just becomes a Sunday, and they're not allowed to open on Sundays, apparently. So, uh, I don't know. You know what? Regardless of anything, who looks at the UK and goes, you know what this place needs? More fucking chicken shops. I mean, it's not like there's another 14 KFCs around Reading already. (laughs) Even just, like, random, you know, fucking chicken cottage and Sam's chicken, and I'm pretty sure... I've never been into a chicken place, and I could name like five just from walking around this country. You can probably guess most like, of uh, You've also just got like um, the fact that about 50 million derivatives of KFC exist, like CFC and LFC and BFC. Is like, <laughs> CFC? Like Kentucky like, <laughs> Fried Chicken and shit like that. Every, you, you know that what I mean, like all those. Those all sound like diseases. Crunchy fried chicken spelt with a K. Stuff like that. Corbin's fried chicken. <laughs> Reference I'm surprised humor. the Tories haven't done like a Chick-fil-A related advert now. Be right I mean, up there, Ali. I think the Tories learned their lesson on chicken already. Oh, well, let's just see about that because... Oh, right. Okay, Tories so catch-up time. We, we, we cut out the um, the Brexit coverage stuff uh, from last week's episode because it was edited a bit late. Um, therefore, everything that we had spoken about um, pre the Super Saturday, as it was fucking called by horrible shit people that were somehow paid to come up with that. Um, Do you know what Super Saturday sounds like to me? It sounds what? like really trashy like TV commercial for a place that sells sofas and everything's half off and the commercial comes on between tipping point and the chase. How long have you been in the UK? Sofa sales never end. <laughs> but the ads but are always on. But they're ending this week. Yes, they're always on, but the, the sale never ends. The sale is eternal. There's always like a sale. The, uh, it's like the day in the House of Lords and everyone, still they say it is, it's still the same day in DFS as it always was. Yeah. I was so oh, proud of myself for making that fucking reference and just shat all over me, David. <laughs> it's what I'm here to do. They call it they call it Super Saturday. Um I just want to draw a very quick parallel to the fact that uh in football you have a Super Sunday every time like two of the big teams play each other. Like they usually bring it out for like Liverpool versus Man United. Man United versus Chelsea, and it's basically a rule now that every single time those matches are fucking complete shit. So it makes sense <laughs> that also this Super Saturday is, well, is a bit crap. Yeah, yeah, I suppose at this point, yeah, because it was a bit of a fucking shitter. So basically what happened on Saturday was the, the new and agreed between the EU and the government uh, withdrawal agreement bill came back before Parliament. And this came on basically with the it was the let when amendment was attached. It was effectively a motion of are we gonna are we gonna talk about this? It wasn't actually the motion itself, it was just are we gonna talk about this? 
Um, Oliver Letwin, the guy who continually makes weird motions about no deal, yet does fuck all to actually prevent it beyond extension measures. Ah, um, pro-remain Tory. Yes, yes, a pro-remain Tory. Well, almost a Tory because he was kicked out. Um, well, he had the whip removed, I should say. Um, but yeah, he's one of them. Um, the Letwin Amendment basically forced the government to pull the bill because it was pretty much uh, nothing is going to happen here until we've got confirmation of what the extension is effectively a lot more complex than that but that's me boiling it down as much as I can into something quick the government then on Tuesday Monday sorry on Monday they attempted to bring the bill back Berko told them to fuck off because you can't do that they brought it back on Tuesday instead because some form of time had been given for scrutiny. Um, and they basically made a motion on whether or not to move it to second reading. Now, the motion for that passed narrowly. Um, but the there was a second motion attached to that, which is called a programme motion, um, to, you know, which is a technical thing. It's basically setting out how long is it going to take us to give this scrutiny and then move it to a vote so you, you're basically just setting out the calendar with the rest of parliament for the next however many months it's a way that's been used mainly since the Blair years to move any sort of legislation you want through the house at a quicker pace than it normally would get um, does have does have genuine uses can be used genuinely but for something on the size and scope of the withdrawal agreement bill probably not recommended uh, so yeah, that was the program motion was defeated, and Johnson pulled the bill. So and how many votes has Johnson lost now? Um, I don't, I don't know, know the record, but uh, I don't think it was pulled. I think it was just paused. I well, don't know if oh yeah, sorry, yeah, officially yeah. Pause or, I don't you know how it works exactly. If you can pull it or you pause can't it pull or bills what. because you can't pull the bill but you can you can pause it as in you just get the leader of the house to not put it in any business motions for the day so it's it's effectively pulled in that it's not been actually discussed on the floor of parliament but it w- isn't technically pulled in the way that if you were to pull the bill it would actually reset it to zero you can't do that um but it, it's effectively been pulled from the the business of the the days and the upcoming points Essentially, what he's done is someone said, you, you can't, you know, we, we, we don't have the time to debate this massive bill that you've not even showed us yet in three days. Mm-hmm. And Boris went, well, now you're not going to see it at all. Fuck you. It goes and to a different much, school. Yeah. That's the thing. So. Yeah, the, the withdrawal agreement goes to a different school, so you can't see it. <laughs> um, and, and then he... I just... So his entire thing is it's Labour's fault, they're delaying Brexit and then when, when the, someone says let us see the agreement which you know, unless you are okay with going in blind to country altering things is fairly standard. He goes no. You know, again, like the toddler who shot his pants. No. And then delays Brexit because nobody can see what the withdrawal agreement so it's just layers on layers of 
the government shitting itself, them yep. saying that actually, if you'll smell our pants, and then Corbin's pants, you will see that it is Corbin who shat himself. And the media <laughs> saying, exclusive, Corbin shat himself. <laughs> it's, um, yeah... Uh, yeah, it's just it's usual. It's the standard fucking chicanery that he's been pulling. It's, it's more of the same kind of pish. Um, he keeps doing it. He won't stop doing it because it's the only thing he can do. And I'll get onto that in a little bit. But today in Parliament, a couple of things happened. First off, the Queen's speech passed. Shameful. Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. It's not a thing. Um, it passed because of a few um, shitty abstentions. Um, Possibly. Now it's going. Do we have info on what that record is now? Like who abstained and who voted against? We do. Yes. Um. Not handy, but um. I did see it earlier. Um. The abstentions were weird. Um. Angela Rayner was one of them, although, like it does say on it says it on the website and it is worth repeating, like abstentions just mean that the person was not there to vote. It doesn't necessarily mean they were mm. sitting on their arse in the chamber. They could have been busy. There could have been some sort of fucking emergency they had to go to. They had constituency business, government business if they are in the government. So there's a lot of reasons why someone might abstain, and it's not made clear to us exactly what the reasons were. Pairings, um, but either I way, don't think that's the case here. Yeah, I mean, either way, it passed. It passing literally just means that a thank you card gets sent to the Queen for doing a speech. That's you have to be polite. More. Well, I mean, you don't have to. But I mean, what else are you going to do with all your fucking stamps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it, it's just one of those things. It doesn't really matter. But after the Queen's speech was passed through, Jacob Rees-Mogg, crawled through his fucking time portal for the 1800s to tell us that on Monday there will be a vote under the Fixed Term Parliaments Act for an election. Hell yeah. Well, not quite. Not quite. We can't Keep say doing this to me, David. just yet. Keep doing I know, this to I know. Me. I, it's not me. I'm not the one blue-balling you. It's it's big Dom cummies. He's doming your cummies. Oh God, you had to say it. <laughs> Having nightmares for a week now. I won't. I won't apologise for it either. Um, so the form of the actual motion that's going to be put forward isn't entirely clear, and I'll get on to it. But right now, I want to talk about an election in general, and basically. We, we all post, for, for anyone listening, we all post in the same forum and we constantly see the same thing come up about why hasn't there just been an election because they keep talking about one. And what I want to do is I just want to cover the the reasons, really, as to why there hasn't been an election quite yet and the reasons are to do with the mechanisms specifically. So there's three ways that you can get an election happening. All right, The first one is what we think has been proposed on Monday, which is an election under the Fixed Term Parliaments Act. Now, for anyone that doesn't know the Fixed Term Parliaments Act, it was a load of shit brought in in the coalition government to prevent that from collapsing. Um, it's effectively Nick Clegg's fault, so you can add that to his list of crimes if you're keeping score at home. Um, the Fixed Term Parliaments Act requires two-thirds of MPs, not just the vote, 
two-thirds of the vote, but two-thirds of all MPs, which means 435 out of 650 have to vote in favour for it. So for that, you would absolutely need all of the Tories and pretty much all of Labour to come through and support that. Even without Labour, um, I don't think you'll be able to get that one through if everybody else voted for it. Um, possibly I'm talking shit there. I don't have the numbers in my head or in front of me just now. But either way, you need two-thirds of MPs and that's a lot. The problem with the Fixed Terms Parliament Act is that you would then need to have, well, aside from the two-thirds majority, um, you would also need to have a vote on a motion and it would have to happen if we're going by the time scale just now by November 5th for the election to happen by December 12th December 12th is an important date because it is effectively the last date that you could do uh, an election this year to have it on this side of the new year it would have to be December 12th can't be any later anyone know why? Christmas Parliament Basically, Christmas holiday? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's not just to do with the fact the MPs are off, but it's more to do with the fact that where do you vote? You vote in your town hall. You vote in your school. local school. Yeah. All of these things are taken up with events, especially people, non-schools. Like a school, you can knock them off for the day, that's fine. But if it's a town hall, village hall, um, community centre, that type of thing, there could well be events booked. There could well be things already planned. And it's one of those ones where just generally you can't really just tell people actually your thing is cancelled because you could be turning to charities and saying well fuck you and no, we're having an election that day like it, it's not good basically so that's why it won't happen then the government the government can and does do that though if it's... oh it does but it does it it does it well saying it doesn't and can say that but if they say oh we're having an election and people can go well, I have here an invoice for the booking I made in the community centre on this date. They're kind of fucked by it. Yeah, but, you know, people going all the time and said, oh, I have this invoice for these benefits that you're supposed to, t- to pay me. And the government <laughs> says, no, fuck you. Yeah. Funnily enough, I don't really think they would care that much about that, um, the media, but there you go. Okay, so that's one option. It's a shit one. And again, thank Nick Clegg. Um, it's his fault. Thanks, uh, Nick. The next... Yep, thanks, Nick. Um, the next one that we have an option of is a vote of no confidence. Now, a vote of no confidence used to be any sort of... Um, basically, some bills were considered to be confidence bills. If it, um, so you would have things like a budget or the Queen's speech. If a government failed to pass that, it would be a confidence vote right there and then um, and if a confidence vote failed then pretty much the government collapses right there and then and that's it it's over and anyone else can form another one or they can try and reseek the the confidence of the house but if they've if they've lost it there and then they've lost it that's it done again thanks to nick clegg thanks, the fixed nick. parliament's act that no longer works that way so it only needs a majority to pass a no-confidence motion. If the no-confidence motion passes, you're then given, well, I say you, the government is then given two weeks to try and regain confidence of the House. 
It's I also at the same time. Parties. Yeah, yeah, bright, yeah. That's when another couple of billion quid gets launched over uh, the Irish Channel. Um, the other thing that can happen is that other parties can seek to form. Basically, it's a free for all. Every fucker gets a chance at being the government. Um, that one, however, is pretty much fucked because of the December twelfth deadline. Because that would mean... December 12th, effectively, if we count next week as the start of all this, I think it's... Uh, no, so, sorry, the week after next week. So the week... November the 11th, um, War Christmas. After War Christmas, um, you're kind of really skirting too close to that December 12th to have the election period kicked off with anything less than a five-week election period which is just dangerous. Um, it's not enough time. It's Most election periods are about six weeks. So this would require the two weeks to finally collapse the government because they do remain the government until the no confidence is over. Yeah, I was going to say, on the other hand, if, you know, a miracle happened and the Lib Dems stopped being utter shits, then you could theoretically get a Labour government without a general election. That's not necessarily a good thing because I'm really weary of... wary? I don't know. Uh, of essentially a government being formed without an election and then, well, running a program essentially saying, oh, we're doing a second referendum and you do whatever, you're going to get a lot of unelec- uh, even more than usual, definitely more than Boris Johnson got unelected, government seeks to overturn Brexit. I would honestly be surprised if no more MPs get murdered over something like that. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible. I mean, it's the the whole violence towards MPs thing, that was a poll out today um, that said that um, the majority of Britons think it's actually fine to be violent towards MPs, which was uh, weird and slightly unsettling, considering like- they won't use violence against like capital a labor's a labor councillor's car was petrol bombed today in yorkshire so yeah they don't know who did it yet but the council was muslim so i'm gonna go on a limb and say racists i'm gonna say he was actually a misunderstood quiet gardener mm-hmm. interesting take mm. Are we reading your article today? <laughs> you can find me on the Telegraph. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it, one of those things where you could form a minority government with like confidence and supply of other parties. That's possible. It's not likely because Joe Swinson um, is a Tory. Yes, a Tory. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was I was looking for a, a more insulting world but then no there isn't really one is there but yeah Joe Swinson's a Tory and uh, she basically won't allow this if that was to happen we could have Corbyn in government we could get that negotiation and then we could get the election um, the, the, sorry not negotiation the extension and we could get the election and that would be it safe taken care of and again I'll move on to that shortly the last option we've got here so we've had we've had an election under the fixed term parliament act possibility we've had the vote of no confidence we've then got the option of a one line bill a one-line bill basically just says 
there will be an election on such and such. And it only requires a simple majority because it includes a little line that says, notwithstanding the Fixed Term Parliaments Act, because it is that easy to get around shit in Parliament, if you just say, notwithstanding such and such an act, you've got round it. Well, some some bills like are quite ironclad, like the uh, the Ben bill was really hard to get around. Like there was not yeah. Johnson could do. Whereas this one was designed by Banks Nick Nick Clegg, and he's <laughs> he's just a moron basically. And the Lib Dems are completely fucking useless. And they wrote a bill that could be sidestepped, like I mean, every very bill, easily. Every bill can be sidestepped very easily if you got. A majority in the House of Commons because you could just say you'd have a one-line bill saying we're cancelling that bill, but mm-hmm. yeah, without general election, you're not going to have that for the Ben bill who that passed Parliament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, if if it was a one-line bill, then it would be it would be the simplest and easiest way for this to happen. Um, pretty easy. Only problem is that by introducing a one-line bill it could be amended and they don't know for sure that they have enough of a majority to make sure that the unamended form gets through and any amendments made to that bill with a a view to preventing a no deal would be pretty clear cut and have the solid majority that they've tended to have in parliament Um, the Ben Act, the the Letwin Amendment all these kind of things, they do have a majority and it's likely that it could be put through and voted on to prevent a no deal so none of them really work for them well you say that, an election under the Fixed Term Parliaments Act is what they're going to go for now I've got some tweets here from the Eggman himself, Sajid Javid this parliament has run its course We must have an election as soon as possible to break this deadlock and decide the future for our country. Labour demanded more time to pass the deal. They have two more weeks, more than enough to pass this deal, and then we can get on with an election on December 12th. So, the whole point of this is, under the Fixed Term Parliaments Act, those two weeks that you've got there, those are for the Brexit bill. The entire point is to saddle Labour, if they win, with the current withdrawal agreement. So this is not an election. Straight off the bat, all taken care of. Um, It's just a simple, straightforward election. It's not that. It's an election with conditions attached to it. And depending on the wording of the motion, which we haven't seen yet and probably won't see until Monday morning... It's purely a method of getting this withdrawal agreement actually put through Parliament before the election. Now, I don't know exactly what's happening with that line of thinking because no future Parliament can be bound by a previous Parliament. And also, I don't know why they'd think that it would pass during those two weeks, especially if you're heading to a general election. The real simple line would be, oh, well, we're going to a general election in two weeks, so we're not going to pass anything, especially if we've got an extension. Well, we don't have an extension yet. No. And we will not have an extension until possibly Friday the 25th, or if Macron continues to be a cunt, 
much later than that. It could be as late as Monday or Tuesday. It depends if the EU is waiting for us to blink or if they blink first effectively. One thing that has been said, um, the Guardian has reported on this, that a possible mid-November extension was being put forward. And that enti the entire point of that was to give us time to debate the withdrawal agreement and then accept or reject it. And then it could be negotiated further on for an election. So if the EU does that, fuck, basically. Because we're going to have to go through this two-week process of withdrawal agreement. Now, the line that Labour is taking on this at the moment, which is what's really going to matter, because the Tories, if they're doing it under fixed term Parliament Act rules, the Tories have to get the two-thirds majority of all MPs Labour has said, we will abstain on this motion. That's all they've got out just now. And I've got another little bit where it's just a question and answer with Corbyn himself. So, I don't know who the reporter was here. Um, ascribe your favourite shit reporter because the questions are terrible. But, the PM says he's made a reasonable offer. So, will you support his suggestion? of a general election on the 12th of December. Corbyn's reply to this was, take no deal off the table and we will absolutely support an election. I've been calling an election ever since the last one because this country needs one in order to deal with all the social injustices, but no deal must be taken off the table. And the, the reporter asks, but to be clear, if there's a vote on Monday, on a December 12th election, what will you tell Labour MPs to do? And Corbyn's response to that was, tomorrow the European Union will decide whether there's going to be an extension granted or not. That extension will obviously encompass whether there's a no deal or not. Let's find that out tomorrow. So, Labour's currently in the shitty position, yet again, of having to wait for the environment around them to catch up um, before they can actually take any sort of solid line. But, that's the position that we're currently in, so we're back to wait and see. Best outcome, EU comes back tomorrow, says, here's your extension until January 31st. There we go. Fucking yes, let's do this shit. And votes for the Fixed term Parliament Act uh, motion. We, I sh we should note that, by the way, just to date this, like we're talking about this on the 24th on a Thursday. So, like... Just in case. The Fixed Term Parliaments Act option could be good. However, if we do that, there's two weeks where the government remains the government. And those two weeks where the government remains the government, they can put the withdrawal agreement back through. If, however, you do a vote of no confidence, it doesn't necessarily work like that anymore. It's not the same thing. Does that so, need to be tabled in... Like, can they it just has table the that same... first thing Monday morning? Yes. Well, yeah, pretty much. You can put... Well, not strictly. You can put it forward. The government technically has to give the time for the vote. Um, They're basically obliged to, but they still have to give the time. They're not necessarily going to give the time on the same day. And obviously, because it would allow them to be fucked out of the withdrawal agreement stuff, mm -hmm. they'll probably try and avoid it. What happens so if they don't be Tuesday. The if they don't give the time, um, I'm oh, I'm not sure. I think we're into weird territory at that point again. I think Burko yells at them. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm really not sure how that works. I'm really not sure. So we'll just need to wait and see. Yeah, so that's where we stand at the moment. There's a chance of a, a vote of no confidence in the, the bill failing. It looks as if it will fail because Labour's going to abstain. The SNP won't be supporting it. The Lib Dems won't be supporting it. It's really just going to be the Tories. And a lot of those Tories, the 21 that they booted out, um, those who haven't fucked off to shelter within the Lib Dems will probably also vote against. And there's all your independents, your Kirk Tiggs. The DUP probably won't go for it either. What a change UK going to do about it? They they won't touch this with, with anything. They're, they're still firmly attached to the there must be a people's vote now and hmm. nothing else. Because um, they know that if there's a general election, they'll all lose their seats. Yes, every one of them is absolutely fucked. Every single one of them. Which is a shame, because we'd love to see Mike Gapes continue on, obviously. The podcast mascot. No, 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 it's fine. Liz Truss will still be there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God. <laughs> Who's the next Mike Gapes? That's what I want to know. Ooh, no, interesting. We, we can't go for a continuity Mike Gapes yet. <laughs> we need to wait and see what the options are. Provisional Mike there Gapes. There is only... <laughs> This is a horrifying concept. <laughs> mm. Well, if we, if we want to talk about big things, right, we'll, we'll move on for there, right? So we're happy with that, but we're not happy with it. It's all shit. But there's a good chance that a uh, vote of no confidence could be tabled and could actually pass next week. So we've got that to look forward to. Um, but yeah, talking of big things, let's talk about someone with a big head and something that they wrote. Allegedly a big head. Yes, sorry, yeah, allegedly a big head. He allegedly has a big head. I should I should say that. He's been said to be in possession of a large cranium. And that's just, you know, in his basement. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> um so yeah, that this it's not a it's not a Toby Young article, you'll be surprised to know. It is in fact a Brendan O'Neill article because this week we're going for a different flavour of shape. So this article is titled in defence of Pretty Patel. Well, you know, you know it's going to go well. That's a mm. promising start. Mm. Would you, this, the subheading for it is The media class loathing for the Home Secretary has a nasty racist undertone. I mean... Right, you know what? No, you know what? I'm going to do this. Margaret Thatcher was not a feminist just because you're a minority, just because you're a woman, just because you're LGBT does not give you the licence to be a capitalist piece of shit sack of crap asshole and then claim that you're disenfranchised especially when you're a fucking multimillionaire go fuck yourself there well you're gonna love this article <laughs> fuck's sake david uh, <laughs> <laughs> right andrew marr's rebuke of pretty patel on his bbc tv show on sunday morning was a very revealing moment Halfway through telling the Home Secretary about the terrible economic things that might happen if we have a no-deal Brexit, he said to her, I can't see why you are laughing in the style of a headmaster telling off a wayward child. It felt rude and paternalistic and more than a little sexist, said Brendan O'Neill. <laughs> Patel wasn't even laughing. Her face was simply in its resting position as she patiently waited for Mar to finish reading from his script of doom before she gave her answer. Resting now, position in the same way that the fucking 
the cage car was in a resting position in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang before it stole children. <laughs> I would point out to anyone who's not that familiar with who Pretty Patel is, I would have a look and just check the first page of Google Image Search and look at this face. Now, if that is a resting position, then I don't know what the fuck the term is meant to mean anymore because there's no way that you can have that kind of fucking look on your face naturally. Resting contempt no face? I'm really pissed that fucking Brendan O'Neill has stolen my emo core band's name, Script of Doom, for his shitty article. <laughs> nice. Oh. Right, moving on. Yet the people who would normally kick up a fuss about a snooty BBC man needlessly reprimanding a female politician have been curiously quiet. In fact, some of them have lapped up Mars insulting of Patel. They have cheered them for putting this allegedly arrogant, smirking woman back in her box. Know your place, Patel. I, I don't... So, alright. Mar, fair enough. Shitty interviewer, shitty journalist. You know, I could very much see him say that to someone who's not actually smirking. Um, just to, like, score points, because that's what interviews are about now. But, I love this idea that if he had said it to any other female politician who wasn't laughing, then the, the, the left, I guess, would have kicked up a fuss because it's not a feminist thing. It's just you don't be a dick to people, you know? And the fact that Pretty Patel always looks like she's smirking because I assume she's thinking about poor people dying has nothing to do with that. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean, let's see... Do you think someone who would legitimately write the next sentence in seriousness has a good... Has Just generally, do you think he's actually going to have a good take on the Without the reading the sentence, no. Uh, well, it is Brendan O'Neill, after all. Among the chattering classes and the Twitterati, there is Twitter, a curious loathing of Patel. <laughs> yeah, chattering classes and Twitterati are some of his, his favourite um, things to rail against. Um, he's not those things at all. Like he, he's not part of people who chatter on and fucking be some Twitter asshole at all. Remember that he comes from the, um, you know, he's po- he's in spite online. He's coming from the the weird wing of what was left of the Revolutionary Communist mm. Party. Um, he has very strange fucking opinions on class and things like that, very fucking weird ones, and I'd love to do some sort of deep dive episode on it at some point, um, because it's it's a weird fucking history that Spiked Online's gone through, and Brendan <laughs> O'Neill really is the most uh, reflective of it. Um, he goes on, and strikingly, much of it focuses on her appearance. On Does her it? facial... Oh, sorry, actually, I've skipped a bit there. She gets more stick than any other member of Boris Johnson's cabinet, and strikingly, much of it focuses on her appearance, on her facial mannerisms, on what her detractors presume to be her cockiness. Members of the Remainer elite denounce her creepy smirk. 
Why does Pretty Patel always bear the look of a dastardly villain? Asks one. She's a Tory. She's a sociopath. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. you want to say she's a sociopath, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Even when people are criticising her for her policy, such as her opposition to freedom of movement or her determination to be tough on crime, they tend to add a comment on her smirking, her outright temerity. To be fair, though, I mean... If someone, I think if someone is saying we should bring back the death penalty and someone else is saying we should bring back the death penalty while laughing, <laughs> that's somehow slightly it's not worse. Even, I mean, I see what he's reeling against. I'm going to be the guy that he's reeling against here. She does have a fucking smirk. She does employ it in incredibly inopportune times. And it's not inopportune like in any sort of way where you know she's done it by accident it's inopportune because she's telling you what she thinks by doing it Mm. the obsession with Patel's smirk or what many might simply see as her smile as her natural resting face as she listens to people feels distinctly like an attack on Patel for being well uppity this uppity Asian woman behaving so arrogantly who the hell does she think she is the middle-class, largely white Remainers who have a particular loathing for Patel are really wondering out loud why this daughter of immigrants believes she is allowed to behave in such a right-wing way. Doesn't she know that immigrants are not meant to believe or say right-leaning things? And certainly not while wearing a smirk. Perhaps she needs some lessons on how to be a good immigrant in 21st century Britain. So, one, one that's been shoved back to their home country... According to, you know, her own policies. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's just, he's playing the fucking... He thinks he's been really clever and he's playing the race card against people who play the race card, you know? it's. It, I mean, first off, Brenda O'Neill is a person who believes there is such a card as the race card. I mean, that, that first off needs fucking made clear. And he thinks he's found a really good way to weaponize such a card against the people who would play it in the first place. The loathing of Patel speaks to a key prejudice in middle-class political circles. The prejudice against Indian-origin Britons who lean towards the Tories. Britain's well-integrated and successful Indian-origin communities have been moving towards voting Tory for a few years now. In the 2015 general election, the Tories received more than one million ethnic minority votes for the first time, and a great many of those votes came from Indian-origin communities. A post-election survey found that the Tories enjoyed 49% popularity among Britain's Hindu and Sikh communities, where Labour enjoyed 41% popularity. British Indians were also more likely than any other ethnic minority group to support Brexit. It's pretty telling that his initial reaction to people shitting on Tories and Brexit supporters is, ah, I bet it's because they're brown. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and not because they're right wing you know like yep. in the same way that a lot of people have said ah you're just being mean to Thatcher because she's a woman it's like no we're being mean to Thatcher because she's a fucking Tory yeah again the first prejudices that you will try and ascribe to someone else are your own mm. Patel was the one who effectively committed treason as foreign secretary wasn't she or something like that yes yes she was um, meeting up with um, the Israeli government Represent. without <laughs> without any sort of sanction towards it um, basically it was off the books meetings with another uh, government 
She wasn't is, foreign uh, secretary though. She was like know. international trade or something like that. She, I don't think she's ever had. She a... was international development, I believe. Um, right. So not even a real job. Well, international development. I mean, un- well, yeah, under the Tories, international development isn't a real job. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna push on with this. So. Yep. Some on the left view Indian support for the Tories as tantamount to race betrayal. This became clear when Patel was made Home Secretary by Boris Johnson. Instead of celebrating the fact that Patel was the first Indian origin Home Secretary, her predecessor Sajid Javid was the first Pakistani origin Home Secretary, the woke identitarian lobby essentially accused her of being an Uncle Tom. Hmm. Is, it, is anybody would... else getting weird vibes from him saying Indian origin and Pakistani origin all the time? It's not how normal people talk. It's not, no, but then we're not talking about normal yeah, fair. person here. It's Brendan O'Neill. So, I, I'd just like to say that, out of curiosity, I clicked the link in the article where it highlights mm. accused her of being an Uncle Tom. Guess where that article was published? Where was it? Please tell me. Spiked. Yeah! Satan sources. <laughs> Professional journalism. <laughs> so, she was denounced in the Huffington Post as a pawn in white supremacy, as if she has no agency at all. No, but I mean, she is a pawn in white supremacy, except she's a pawn that's pretty much almost already crossed the board. Like, <laughs> she knows what she's doing. She's quite happy to fucking do it. Why? Because she's a fucking Tory. It's not hard. It's not difficult. This is really simple stuff. A Guardian writer said she was a minister with brown skin wearing a Tory mask. Which, I mean, is a bit... It's, it's a bit close to a yikes. It is, yeah. Um, it's not a mask, it's just her face. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. She just she is a fucking Tory. She's not wearing a Tory mask. She is a fucking Tory, mate. I mean, she's in the Tory government. She is, by definition, a Tory, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Patel's opposition to freedom of movement is frequently bound up with the issue of her race. She is effectively seen as a traitor to brown and black people. Ah, yes, the brown and black continent of Europe. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh. I decided to um, search the quote of that. Um, the Guardian writer. I know. I know that O'Neill notes that it's just a Guardian writer, and usually you can sort of like, what does everyone picture in their minds when you think about a Guardian writer? Like, usually like a white guy, because that's what most Guardian writers are. But this is from. Uh, it was originally cited by. Uh, I'm gonna. Sorry, I didn't research this name. So, Kahinde Andrews. In fact, I'll share the link right now. Um, who says that not about Patel? but says it, to quote, do not be fooled. A cabinet packed with ministers with brown skin wearing Tory masks represent the opposite of racial progress, which, uh, coming from a man who also seems to be uh, BAME, uh, yeah, I think that person is 100% entitled to make that assertion, to make that argument. But of course, you know, O'Neill doesn't want to put it as, uh, you know, in well, he wants to phrase it as the Guardian white elites, sort of. Ah, but you yeah. see, everyone on the left has abandoned the concept of race because mm. reasons. It's a social construct. 
well, I mean, race is a social construct when it you get is. down to it, just like every other thing. But mm. um, we've actually all, because we're on the left, we have um, disregarded that and no longer operate on those terms. Um, just in the same way that we don't actually participate in society, which is why it's not okay for us to um, participate in capitalism by owning iPhones and things like that. Fuck's sake. Describing Patel as an agency lacking pawn of Tory racism, scare quotes around Tory racism, by the way, and a brown-faced enforcer of white male supremacy is explicitly racist. It reduces Patel to her skin colour. She is judged entirely on the basis of race. Worse, it is presumed that as a member of a particular race, she ought to conform to certain political views. Non-whites are all meant to believe the same things and support the same parties, right? Such racial reductionism, where ethnic and immigrant groups are expected to behave like an indistinguishable and obedient political bloc, is explicitly racist. I'm going to say something, and I don't want this to be misquoted later at me, <laughs> but... Brendan O'Neill is right. Racial reductionism, <laughs> where ethnic and immigrant groups are expected to behave as an indistinguishable and obedient political bloc, is explicitly racist. However, yes. that is not what that is not what's happening here. Yes. That's the issue. So what you'd expect is for people let's put it this way. If you're Jewish and you're voting for the neo Nazis, for example, <laughs> then you are not acting in your own self-interest and it'd be weird for you to do that. Now, essentially, the Tories hate ethnic minorities. They don't care about them. They don't care about their conditions. And so her vote, her being a Tory minister is weird until you realize that occasionally class cuts across racial lines. And they're paying her millions and millions of pounds. So she's happy to shit on other people. And it doesn't matter what the race is, because she's getting rich. Yeah. It's it's not even just like I mean you, you said like the, the voting against the self interest. That's that's true. But I mean pushing it out a little further it's it's a lack of solidarity. It's because if if something's against you if you're a member of like you said yourself, as as a Jewish person you wouldn't vote for the neo-Nazis. No, but also as a decent so, person. As a decent person, you wouldn't want other people who also happen to be Jewish yeah. to have to deal with neo-Nazis and fucking power. And it's the exact same thing here, where she is, as a person who is minority ethnic, is actively participating in the hostile environment which constantly fucking kicks people out of the country. Especially no as Home Secretary. They're the wrong colour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as Home Secretary. Of all the fucking positions for her to hold and working as Home Secretary under a fucking Tory government straight off the bat of the apparently discontinued hostile environment, it's no fucking wonder people are saying that she's got absolutely contradictory um, practice versus her own self-interest and the interests of anyone in the community that she's came from. So it's perfectly acceptable to say that actually she isn't acting in any sort of interest for anyone other than herself and it's perfectly viable to point that out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but Brendan O'Neill 
has jumped on racism as a thing to attack the left with, which is hilarious, um, because it's worked, you know, all those times previously. <sighs> and the hatred for Patel, and the hints that she is an Uncle Tom, and the weird media class obsession with her smirk, we can see how easily identity politics crosses the line into old-fashioned racism. The identitarian sets reduction of people to mere representatives of groups. Ugh. To little more than racial and cultural creatures erases the space for individual thinking and active agency and demands that non-whites think and behave in one way only. That's a more racist idea than anything I have ever heard from Pretty Patel or the rest of Boris's cabinet. I've been listening very hard than have you, mate. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's the, the will of the individual must triumph. Yeah. Fuck's sake. I think a lot of the old crowd, sort of, um, Communist Party of Great Britain people, the Spiked Online crew, have somehow horseshoe theoried themselves into right-wing libertarians, which is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they really, really have. Um, like I say, I do want to do a big fuck-off deep dive on them. They've already added it to the list. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> How much is on that list now? <laughs> God. Far too fucking much. Right, we'll okay, that. so now that we've got the big shit take, let's have some, some little little shit farts to uh, round off our lovely experience. Um, let's play a game of comment or commentariat. Um, we'll go over the rules. We all know how this works by now. Um, so let's just get started. So, of course, the SNP want to deflect their incompetence at Holyrood in any way they can and continue with their only one obsession of spreading division and discord to fulfil their wet dream of destroying the UK. Comment or commentariat? Does... I'm thinking comment. I think know. comment. I'm also going to say comment. Okay. Mostly um, because I don't think the SNP really have garnered enough attention to have an entire article written about them at the moment. Oh, just wait till election season, my friend. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Um, right, since you're all going to comment, where is it from? I want to take guesses and we'll see if we can... Oof. Um, express. Okay. Someone who's afraid of destroying the Union. I like, uh, I'll go with the mail. Mm-hmm. Just for contrast, I'm going to say it's the Guardian because it has a surprising number of shitty opinions below the line. Just below the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're all wrong, actually. It was a comment, so you're all right in that way, but it was actually the BBC. Ooh. Mm. Speak your brains, indeed. <laughs> right, next one. You could see it on Boris's face as the votes for Bre- the Brexit timetable came in and went comprehensively against the government. Triggering not dismaying sulks, but a broad grin from the mop-topped old Etonian. It's all going to plan. Boris and Mr Cummings are now leading the shabby bunch of Remainers by the nose, but the we know better than you brigade are so full of deluded self-righteous bluster they can't even see it. Comment or commentariat? That's one hell of a take. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to say commentariat, and for bonus points, Laura Kunisberg. Ooh... Yeah, I think it's commentariat too. I don't know who, I don't but know. I don't know who. I say commentariat. Who is well? 
the lazy answer is Toby Young, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's always the lazy answer. I, I don't know if I want to go that obvious. I will take publication rather than specific author. Um, if you're all going commentary at Quillette, maybe. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm thinking of someone who's like a complete piss pig for Johnson. <laughs> who's just like, there's nothing you can do wrong. We've already said Laura Coonsbell. <laughs> it sounds like somewhere crasser than the mail, but I'm not sure where. I'm going to say Telegraph. Right, okay. So I've got Telegraph, the mail, and do you want to try one, James? Um, I don't know. Quillette. Let's let's go exotic. Let's go spicy. Let's say Quillette. Okay. It was commentaria. It was, however, the Daily Express that was Paul Fuck's Baldwin sake. in the Daily Express. Okay. The, the Daily Express employs such nobodies that I don't even know who that is. It really does. <laughs> it's great. Right. We survived before them, and we'll be here when the EU is dead and buried. There'll always be an England. Britain leaving the EU has been likened to nine smaller countries leaving on the same day. It will devastate them, but the way they've treated us, they deserve it. Comment or commentaria? Comment. I want to say commentaria just because it began with we, and usually I associate a writer employing the sort of plural we mm. as a, you know, we're like, you know, commentaria, like I'm speaking for a lot of people, whereas people in comments. I don't know. You're assuming these are competent or even, you know, <laughs> oh, no, no, good I'm not, writers. I'm not assuming any sort of elements of quantity. I'm assuming more like a, just a sense of self-importance. It's oh, like, right. I'm not just speaking for myself. I'm speaking for the country at large because I'm a, a fucking melt who gets paid six figures to write opinion <laughs> pieces. Fair enough. I See, know it's important, if that's the case. I would I also ascribe be... that belief to leavers, and so I'm going to say comment. Ooh, we've got a, I, uh, I was going comment because the the way they worded the start of it sounded very much like someone going, you know, something like we survived the blitz, etc, etc. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> we survived the blitz because I was like two years old when rationing finally ended. <laughs> I was born in 1959, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> I once had a spam sandwich. I've had many oh, spam right. sandwiches. <laughs> Spam's good. Yeah. Um, right, that was a comment. Hell yeah. Ooh. Would we like to take a stab at a publication? I was going to say BBC again, but... Uh, well, if you're not going to say BBC, I am. I'm going to go Guardian. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, the Mail again. I think I said okay. the Mail last time. It was the Daily Mail. Well done. Well done. There we go. I lose. I lose the war, but I win the battle. <laughs> so, are you guys still tied? We're still tied. Yeah, they have not finished the battle for the the uh, mightiest James yet. Okay, right. This is the last one. All right. So here's a decider. So it's about Greta Thunberg. Oh no, that's bad. <laughs> Pause for a moment to consider how soundly you sleep at night, knowing that adults are building and servicing and flying Sweden's fighter planes to keep you safe. We gave you mobile phones and laptops and the internet. We created the social media you use every day and we run the banks that pay for it all. So how dare you stand there and lecture us, you spoiled brat. Comment or commentary at? Are you sure that wasn't in the American media? <laughs> I am actually completely sure because I have 
<laughs> have the source. Does Jeremy Clarkson have a have a column? <laughs> I don't think so. I hope not. I get where you're going, though. It does sound quite like him. Uh, commentariat. I'm going commentariat, yeah. Commentariat. I'm going comment. Okay. And Ooh. it was commentariat. Jesus. Now, can anyone tell me either who or where? Do you know what? I'm not even going to take answers here because James has already hit it on the head. It was Jeremy Clarkson in the show. <laughs> really? <You win. laughs> That's the second time we've had that happen where someone has just came right in with who it was and they were fucking bang on. Oh, damn. <laughs> you win. You are the mightiest James. Hell yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh man, right, okay, well I think that's a, that's a pretty good point to end that on um, Yeah, so we'll be back um, We've got another episode coming out this Monday hopefully Which will have the uh, breakdown on the video games industry And the working practices within it um, We will be recording also on Monday A special episode on the EU um, Look forward to that with our uh, very own Brussels bureaucrat Rob um, helping guide us through what the fuck the EU actually is as opposed to what it's reported as in the UK and we will probably depending on whatever the fuck happens on Monday with the vote um, be back with another news episode on Thursday as well so yeah look forward to that um, in the meantime you can find us on Twitter at PraxisCast and you will find all our Twitter handles in the show notes as well Okay, right. Well, I think if that's all, guys, we'll just uh, we'll call it there. All right. I'll see you all yeah. next week. Goodbye. Bye. Cheerio.